0: Yourselves, men and women of planet Earth, come as you are from work, from taverns, from study, science hall, and all that exists. Come, all who are weary of their status quo, bored, hungry, unsatisfied. Join us today at Conscious Speaks. Hello, everybody, it's Kelly J, host of Conscious Speaks, and today. We are uh, creating, co-creating part three and um, having amazing audio healing experience all the way spirit led from Maui. Once again, part three to uh, seal up and bring together a circle of uh, art of feminine leadership. And our very special guest that's coming back to share her time and energy and her book and her teachings and all of her blessings with us is the Reverend Dr. Sarah Schisler Goff. And you know, when we first introduced the show two shows ago, we wanted to let everybody know that that her book is available. It's the art of feminine leadership, and how to create how to be a badass priest and create the ministry you love. And so, her book is available on Amazon. We we talked about uh, we were going to let go of our impulse to be nice and and do it right, and we talked about we were going to you know accepting all of our parts. You know, accepting ourselves and embodying a different way of leading, navigating unhealthy power dynamics and transforming patriarchal systems, and giving yourself fully to the parts of your ministry that excite you, and letting go of the rest. So, in the first two shows, we covered most of those topics, and uh, last week we talked about we were going to come back and discuss joy, pleasure, and longing, and how that works when we embrace the whole, and how that's a part of embracing our feminine. Um, qualities. So welcome to the show today, uh, Rev. Sarah. Hi, Kelly. Good to be with you.
1: It's so good to be with you,
0: too. I um, have been just uh, thinking today and all day yesterday about, you know, it's our third show, and that's the beauty of the Trinity, right? Mind, body, soul. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that, you know, um, we would be jumping into joy, pleasure, and longing. And before we jump into that, I I just, there's two things I wanted to kind of say to our audience out there listening. Joy, pleasure, and longing really kind of bring us fully into the the birth of this beautiful book that Sarah has written and is sharing with us. So I'm really excited to really talk about those things. And I also wanted to give Sarah the chance to state her intention live today for this show Mm -hmm. Um, it's the way that it's came through to us. And so, Sarah, what is your intention for your listeners, for the your fellow priests that are out listening and to anyone hearing uh, the radio show today?
1: Mm. Yes, thank you for the opportunity. So my intention for this moment and for this next uh, hour is to lean into the joy that it is for me to speak with you and learn from you and co-create uh, a space for women to listen uh, maybe m- more intentionally for the voice of the divine feminine within their lives and within themselves, and as always, to be fully present as much as I possibly can in my body, in my spirit, in my soul uh, with you in this time. So thank you again. I'm so excited for this <laughs> Third conversation, <laughs> wrapping it up with the, with the Trinity. It's awesome.
0: Yes, me too, me too. And what I heard in there was listening to the divine. Can you tell mm-hmm. the audience out there how that works for you and how you use the book to show, uh, you know, women generally, in all women, not just women that are in the priesthood, but how to connect to mm-hmm. that divine feeling?
1: Mm, that's a great question. So I think for me, Listening to the to the divine is about tuning in to a relationship with that that is greater than all, and that that connects us all. So um, when I talk about listening for that spirit, it's you know it's an inaudible voice uh, that that speaks through. Um, my feelings my thoughts my relationships with other people through uh what i perceive and experience um through relating to creation and the cosmos it's like tuning into um you know when i talk to you you often say like you get spiritual chills it's like paying paying attention to that thing that's like oh there's a there's an energy here that is both very connected to like the essence of who I am. And also that, which is greater than me, which connects everything. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that's like, it's so hard to to talk about and, and give voice to and, and pin down. Um, One of the fun things we get to do as priests, which is like, talk about the ineffable, right? Like try to put words to that, which is beyond words. Um, but yeah, it's like connecting to that, whatever that is, um, that I would call God, goddess, um, and listening for, because I think God is always communicating with us, We and, but we fall in and out of frequency of being tuned into that communication, so it's finding ways to, to tune back in.
0: That is so beautiful. That's so beautiful. It reminds me of, you know, your chapter about feelings. Feelings are our superpower. That's a beautiful chapter. And can you explain to the audience a little
1: bit about what that means? Mm. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of like, I've been in the last couple of years, I've been trying to do more thinking about like, what What actually are feminine characteristics, qualities? How do we determine what is feminine? Is what we think is feminine? Has that just been determined by the patriarchy and trying to sift through all of that? But one of the things that is pretty commonly accepted to be um, on the more feminine end of the spectrum are our feelings or emotions. And they're not always given... Um, a lot of credence or, you know, if you're, if you're accused of being emotional, it's not usually a good thing. But so what I have been learning and trying to also teach is to sort of flip that on its head and actually realize that our ability as human beings to, to feel and to emote is one of our greatest strengths. And, being cut off from that can create a lot of, a lot of problems, a lot of disconnect. Um, I think, you know, a lot of traditional models of leadership in the last few centuries, maybe even the last few thousands of years has been, you know, you should be sort of detached and emotionless and lean on your reason if you want to be a strong leader. But that's really just one side of the coin, which is something we keep coming back to in our conversation, right? That that being human means leaning into the fullness of all of our human abilities and strengths. So, of course, reason is a great thing, but our, our ability to feel is also, I like to call it a superpower. And we can go ahead and keep calling that a feminine superpower. Sure, why, why not? Um, so in that chapter, I talk about... How I think I tell this story about being a little girl, as young as three or four, and just having this experience of being flooded with emotion, and the signals that I was getting from the outside world was that my my emotions were too much, and that that was wrong or bad somehow to be feeling all of those feelings I needed to control them and kind of clamp them down and I kind of look back on that moment as this really defining moment in my life and have been doing a lot of work to go back and heal that and kind of unleash my emotions and tap back into them um because really they're how I they're one of the ways that I um discern what is happening around me, what's happening within me, how I lean into my relationships and developing those relationships. Um, So really I've been like trying to reclaim my own emotions. And in working with my clients, I mean, they find it very powerful to be thinking about um, how their ability to feel is actually one of their greatest strengths and not a weakness that needs to be overcome in terms of like their leadership and their ministries.
0: Right. Right. What I heard in there too was, you know, that, you know, the word that stuck out to me was cut off. And you talked about that Mm. in the beginning of the show, how sometimes we can't hear that divine voice if we're cut off, if our frequencies ajar per se. Right. Mm, And so when we are young and we're growing up and through our first book of self, as I like to call it, um, the caretakers in the communities that we grow up in, we're shown how we can express ourselves or not, or we learn how to communicate through them. And um, you know, you as a little girl, I thought you you um, were you said, "Thank goodness!" I, I I find out later that I was still expressing them, and I, and I um, am thankful because it allowed you a little bit more room in there. It seemed like that you. You weren't as cut off, possibly. Does that feel right?
1: Well, I think, you know, it's been this interesting both and for me of both, um, and I wonder if this resonates with other women, that, like, I was very aware of the messages from family, from culture, from religion that I should kind of uh, tone down or at least maybe mask my emotions. Like, there were certain places like you shouldn't be emotional in public but then I in private (laughs) you know I I think I talk about in this chapter about how like my my mother the way that she learned to deal with her emotions was to to always kind of have it together keep it together you know everything's fine right I think there's a that's very maybe generational too right very Um, generational yes yes (laughs) we adhered to the universal rule that you know if your mother does it one way you should do it the exact opposite way so when I was at home I would let my emotions almost run wild a little bit so I had this both experience of like in certain areas of my life really feeling tamed and suppressed but then also in my private life almost feeling like my emotions were running my life in a way and I think I had to learn tools for how to really listen to what those emotions were trying to tell me and and to express them in ways that were healthy um, and not damaging to me or to anyone else, right? right? But I I didn't learn those tools like as a teenager. I learned them (laughs) in my early 30s, right? So I part of what I hope to do um, in sharing like these, some of these tools and teachings, I mean, it's never too late, right? It's always, even if we're in, you know, (laughs) our 70s and 80s and 90s, it's never too late to be learning this, but to to have it and maybe be shifting the culture a little bit um, that we are accepting of our emotions and also that we kind of know how to work with them rather than have them work against
0: us. Right, right. The, the duality is what I hear in there, you know, um, and it really goes to our inner world, our outer world, um, our home, mm-hmm. and then the outside world, and how we learn to navigate both places and really how both of those um, different ways of communicating, both privately and openly, um, become this place we shift back and forth in between, in in the world and and that's you know duality is is such an important place because i think what it came to me over the last couple weeks is that um and especially because you mentioned it in the first show um we were talking about a patriarchal society and you know and we're talking obviously the show and the book is um written for and towards women but it's inclusive but um you said you know i maybe it's hard on the the male priests too. I, I I I need to yeah. check. I need to check with them. And I thought, it came to me later. I'm like, you know, because um, they grew up in this patriarchal world too. So, um, right, both men and women are growing up in a patriarchal society. It doesn't mean that men don't know that they're in it, or they do either. It's just the way the society is running at this point. And so, men and women both are in between that duality. In the way that we've been shown, it is for the feminine and the masculine is really a way of that we take on or in through our generational, you know, families Mm -hmm. and lives that we talk about and how generational healing really is for all to be whole is to really to balance the masculine and the feminine within us. And I think that sometimes people forget there, you know, we are, it takes a man and a woman to make a child. And so, and we have testosterone and estrogen in both bodies, you know, so it's just like, and so the masculine, and the feminine, sometimes it's not so much about maleness and feminineness, I think maybe is what's right. coming through is just the duality of here and there, this and that something, everything is something else and something else is everything. So we're going back and right. forth, trying to find the balance, the line so we can, like you said, you know, be not cut off from divinity. What comes to your mind with that?
1: I mean I I love that. I I'm totally with you. I think, you know, like you said, we all all beings, all human beings have masculine and feminine energies within them. And the goal, like I said, isn't to replace one way of being with its opposite, but to kind of balance the scales a bit more and then and then ask us to flow in and out of both of them, which then I think creates this like Beyond, that's where the wholeness comes in,
0: right? Right.
1: Once we're, but the the problem, you know, that I've been kind of wrestling with is just opening my eyes to how much we unconsciously and consciously um, value and promote what's masculine over and again, and devalue what's feminine.
0: Yeah,
1: right. So, in an effort to which, and you know. You're right. Men and women both internalize this and it's harmful to everyone. Right. Right. And,
0: and that's why your work you know, is so important in mothers raise the children. Right. So uh, all the the new little boy and girl babies growing forward with, you know, women that have learned to love their body, who've learned to turn in, mm-hmm. who've learned to to um, relish their feminine qualities and their female superpowers, per se are really going to be the ones who change that mantle, right, growing forward?
1: Well, I mean, you know, it definitely could be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think, um, you know, I'm thinking two things. I think is it the Dalai Lama that said recently that, you know, women are going to be the ones that are, are saving the world in the future, and, you know, we talk about the future as female. Um, and I'm also thinking of, you know, I have, I know men who stay at home and who are raising the children. Right. Yeah. So it's like this I think what we're seeking and what we're stumbling toward, you know, <laughs> sometimes ineloquently, sometimes making mistakes along the way, but we're really just seeking freedom and liberation.
0: Yeah.
1: And right. and loving of the of all that is. Right. And um right. when we get that, then you do get, you know, you can live beyond gender stereotypes. You can live beyond, uh, like, what has been traditional, and you can change things up to fit what is needed now. Um, you know, we can have stay-at-home dads, and we can have female priests. Like it's, I know, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that's yeah. just, you know, the world is a moving, breathing, changing, evolving, you know, from the big bang forward place, um, like mm-hmm. you talk about in the book too, which I love that you touch on, is that we're a part of the cosmos. Um, when, when we look up a little bit more or when we realize that we're on a planet spinning in the middle of a universe, sometimes the things that we're focusing focusing on that we don't like about ourselves or we think we don't like about others, could not sometimes, they could become a lot smaller when we realize that we're right. all here together. Um, you know, I really wanted to bring up this point because and it's two, 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 two on the clock when I did it. OK, that's cool. Um, <laughs> because because, you know, in in your book, The Art of Feminine Spiritual Leadership. And, you know, to be a badass priest and create a ministry you love, the book is a great tool and mm. it is a great class. And there's so much beautiful work in here, listeners, um, whether you are a priest or You know, or if you are a woman who is, you know, helping minister your family or your community, this is a great book for everyone to learn how to reconnect to the feminine. And one of the things that I want to read here from page 160 is what it looks like when you get there. He says, what does a woman who has set herself free look like? You can see it in the way she moves, the way she feels, the way she lives her truth. She knows going through the pain is the only way to get to the other side. She knows pushing through the pain is how we give birth to ourselves. She trusts there is always life on the other side, even when she can't see it. She knows she is the co-creator of her own existence. How do you become this woman? Mm. You are already on your way. Can you speak a little bit about that to the listeners and to the audience, Sarah?
1: So when I asked myself that question or I asked my reader the question, you know, what does it look like? Mm -hmm. I I had to actually think of the women that I know, the women who I've been blessed to meet and learn from and sit at their feet and and then have them like look at me in the eye and say, I see in you what you see in me. Right. Like if we admire something in someone else, it's because. It's that thing is also activated in us. So when I talk about you already are becoming her, you know, just the act of being able to recognize it in another woman or another person, it's because it's just a mirror of what is already true in you. And in addition to that, I think when we are lucky enough to to find um, a teacher or a mentor or a sister I mean, I, I spent my, I feel like I've spent my whole life looking for that, right? Like mentors and teachers and coaches. And like, I needed to be able to see it, to know that it could exist. I couldn't really just trust that it already, like the seed was already in me and that it would eventually grow into something I needed to like, and I think that's part of, you know, we're very, humans are very relational, right? So I, and eventually, (laughs) thank God, thank God, I found some people, some women who, when I looked at them, I saw just that, right? Like I had, I could see that she, in that moment, like I could witness the, the benefit of her whole life journey up into that point and see like she had persevered. She had done her work. She had been through the ups and the downs again and again and again. And, and then she had decided to not just like, sit on a mountaintop somewhere and enjoy being enlightened, but to then look to her sisters and her daughters around her and say, hey, like this is possible. This is in you too. So I think there's something really to that about. uh, And also like being, I'm finding for myself that I continually teach what it is that I need to learn. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I'm not like, I will never be done with that until I take my last breath. I mean, I might not be done with that even after. I'm not really sure what's next. Mm -hmm. But that we have to kind of both get to the point where we realize that we already are her and everything's already done. We are, we will never be more loved. We will never be more perfect. And we are always in ongoing transformation.
0: Right. I love
1: always more.
0: I love how you said you're already you're already done. (laughs) You're already all here. You know, I also love when you say God and goddess and you do that in the book, because it's really important (laughs) for us that when we're on a journey to listen to the things that we might think, but we're not saying or to know that one word Mm -hmm. could change the whole door that we've been knocking on to finally open. um, Yeah, it's. We go through life and we know the masculine, the feminine. Um, we understand procreation. Um, we look to, depending on where you're raised or how you're raised to God as a masculine figure. And then, you know, but, we, but we're but we also shown Mother Earth. And so I think depending on how or where we are in our journey and we all come to learn at different times and different things, you know, we forgetting to say them together that to me, you know, they're not, se- they're not separate. And so in, in reading your book, I've been really able to put them together as one. And, and it brings me back to that whole duality because they're not separate than each other for me, um, the masculine right. and the feminine. And it's energy for me. It's not so much about a person or a thing or a place. Um, And to really be able to, you know, talk about the things that I want to talk about next, which is our body, women's body, we do have to honor the feminine and and we can be doing that. But I just wonder sometimes if there's different keys we can open to really open up that frequency a little bit more. So stay with us listeners. We're going to come back and we're going to take a quick break and we're going to talk to Sarah a little bit more. And we're going to talk about uh, the woman's work is to love her body.
2: Sarah schisler Goff went from considering leaving the priesthood to co-creating her dream ministry not only once, but twice. In The Art of Feminine Leadership, you learn the tools to help guide you. Do you feel like you spend more time being a professional fixer than a spiritual leader? Are you struggling to rekindle the joy in your ministry? Do you feel called to do things differently, but are not sure what that means? Do you desire to step into your power, claim your strengths, and stop apologizing for having something world-changing to say? If so, then you have been called for exactly this moment. Just as the church is undergoing a great shift, so are you. It's time to become the leader you were born to be. Pick up your copy of The Art of Feminine Spiritual Leadership, Be a Badass Priest, and Create a Ministry You Love at Amazon.com.
1: Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk 1150.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to Alternative Talk 1150 AM KKNW. This is Conscious Speaks, and we are live every Thursday with Kelly J. That's me. And if you are just joining the conversation, we are having an amazing, beautiful, spirit-led conversation with Rev. Sarah Schisler-Goff. The Art of Feminine Spiritual Leadership, Be a Badass Priest and Create a Ministry You Love is her new book, and it's available on Amazon. Welcome back, Sarah. Thank
1: you. Good to be here. (laughs) Oh, goodness.
0: I'm so glad that you're here. I'm going to read this quote from you. It says, The spiritual life entails constant work on our relationship with ourselves, each other, God, and all of creation. It's a beautiful quote that you wrote. And what we're talking about here today is really how we as women can reconnect to our feminine, to our beautiful feminine qualities. And it's really important that we really embrace our body. And so in chapter 9, The Wisdom of Your Body, there's a quote that is at the beginning of the chapter. It says, This is your body, your greatest gift. Pregnant with wisdom, you do not hear. Grief you thought was forgotten and joy you have never known. That's by Marion Woodman, Coming Home to Myself. Do you want to talk about that a little bit with us in the audience, Sarah? Yeah,
1: so, you know, you would you would think that Christianity, <laughs> uh, being, you know, the fact that we follow Jesus, who was fully human and fully divine, you know, we believe in a God that, became flesh and dwelt among us, you know, the ironic thing is that in much of Christian teaching and Christian thought and theology, you know, there's this separation between spirit and flesh, um, and it is all, it's all all over Paul, it's all over the Bible. Um, but we worship an incarnate God, and we believe that the Holy Spirit dwells dwells in all of us and yet much of i think the maybe the stated and unstated goal of spiritual life is to try and like transcend this world transcend this body but again that's only one side of the of the coin as we keep coming back to right and the as long as we're in this Incarnate life, the only way we actually experience anything is in our bodies. And just like we've been, you know, kind of cut off from our emotions as our superpower, I think there is innate wisdom in our bodies that is there for us as a gift from God that we can learn how to access. And really, like the quote that you just read. It's the way when I've been leaning into this practice and trying to develop it more it does feel like a coming home of sorts um like a step toward being more whole and and like being in the home that I was given for this lifetime
0: exactly exactly to be more whole really is to step into our bodies um, we talked about it on the show you know a couple shows ago. That, you know, sometimes you could be driving your car, and you're like, "Huh, I don't remember driving to work, right?" <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, we just there's many things that we do on road. We talked about breathing, how you know, there's a breath that will continue to keep our body alive. And sometimes we feel like we haven't breathed or took a breath in a while. And I always will say, you probably haven't. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're stuck in that mandatory part of this body is a gift, right? And, um us to be spiritual beings having a human existence we really need to take up residence our solstice Mm -hmm. in our body right in our cellular structure and um and that's what you know when you talk about our god coming incarnate right in in jesus and it's like we we all have the ability to not be cut off from that connection that spiritual connection and when you talk about how we all have our own little signs, you know, when we know when we're connected, like my spirit chills or Mm
1: -hmm.
0: if, what is it that happens for you when you feel that little spark?
1: I mean, I do kind of get like, like spiritual chills. I feel them kind of like they kind of start in my, in my uh, shoulders and in my chest and then like run down my spine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it's like a feeling of rightness in my gut. You know, you talk about like a gut feeling or an intuition. Right. Sometimes I'll feel it there. Or hairs,
0: like Um, when I get mine, my little hairs stand up all on my arms. Right.
1: Right. I mean, we feel it in our bodies. We experience that connection as an actual feeling in our body. And I think I I talk about when when I was trying to discern a call to ordination, like what that felt like. And it felt like a sense of. Like, I can even kind of feel it now. It's like a pressure. It's like something is taking up residence in my chest, like in my sternum and trying to come out my throat. And it almost feels like I need to throw up. (laughs) (laughs) But in like the best possible way. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yes. I know exactly. Something really big here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, This this is really big. Pay attention to me. Yes scary and awe-inspiring, but do not be afraid. Like
0: that kind of. The do not be afraid. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot because I, 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 I'm going back. I'm having a memory from my first show, but we talked about how when you have those feelings or if you get like a sick stomach or if you're a little mm-hmm. anxious, sometimes it's showing something good's coming. It's not always something bad. Yeah. But we've got to right. get through that moment, right? <laughs> and figure it out. <laughs> I'm
1: thinking of one of my, one of the women I've been working with and You know, when she's like, I know I need to go into deeper meditation and deeper prayer because she's discerning like what's next. But it's almost like she gets chills and it's like she knows she's walking up to the edge of something and God is gonna ask her to do something really, really big next. So she's just kinda slowly taken a couple of steps back. <laughs> and, and the thing, what I've been trying to help her do is to find herself right in that whole situation, because of course she's taking a few steps back. Like her brain is saying, I'm trying to save your life here. Right. Right. Because if you go forward, who you are and who you have been will no longer be like in essence, you will, who you have been, your identity will die. Yes. Which is scary scary but awesome Like scary but awesome and the only way to whatever is next is through that
0: gosh you just yeah exactly and I actually you can't make it up but I was just I have this part in the book that I wanted to bring up so I'm gonna I'm gonna read it here really (laughs) quick it's on page 159 the art of feminine spiritual leadership and it says at this point even even some uh, I'm sorry. No, wait, this one. I want to go to the next part. The goal is not to transcend yourself to the point where you have no self. The goal, spiritually speaking, is to connect to that which is greater than you. That is also within you. And the word that sticks out to me now after hearing, you know, what you just spoke before was greater. It's greater than right. Right. So That's the scary part. It's that extension. It's going off that edge.
1: Right, it's the it's the faith. You know why we talk about a leap of faith? Because that's what it feels like. Yeah, it's a leap of faith. <laughs> I, I was just thinking. I haven't. I had another woman I've been working with who, who said, you know, it's just. And we always. It's so interesting that we have very similar imagery and metaphor that comes to mind in this in, around discernment and and following your path and what's next. But I, I hate to admit that I've never actually watched all of Indiana Jones. It's one of her favorite movies, (laughs) and she talks about, I guess there's a scene where he's standing at the edge of a cliff, and he throws out a bunch of, like, sand or something to see that there's glass or that there's actually something there, but most of us, like, you don't actually get to know if you're going to step out and if there will be anything. You have to trust that there's a greater force at work in you, and and around you and for you and i think that's often what we forget that god is working for for good for our greatest good yeah for our greatest good
0: right you say that in the book you said god is not an absence but a presence it is not your job to get out of your own way in order to connect more deeply with god but to step more fully into the way of God which you are already in because you are alive, right? Alive and breathtakingly beautiful. So the only way we will grow forward is into greater awareness and greater love. I don't think I don't even think we ever lose what we have. We we expand. And and I think that right. but the not knowing is what can be very, very, very fearful.
1: It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and 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 exciting. Yes. Right, I mean, we're just going to keep repeating ourselves, yeah, terrified and excited. And, <laughs> and whenever I say anything that strongly, you know, like that, it's not about getting out of your own way. I mean, it's in some ways, it is right, like we yeah. do, it's the emptying and the fullness. It's, uh, I really think this moment in time is about not so much a return to balance as like a static place, but like a return to flow because something new is trying desperately to be born, right? Like you talk about this book is not just for women in the church. And I thank you for saying that because as much as I specifically tried to keep in mind, like one person that I was writing to so that it, the, it would, you could hear, anyone could hear themselves in this story. Yes. Um, I think all humans have, are here with a purpose. And, like, you know, you and I have been talking about this for the last few weeks, but as more of us wake up to what our purpose and our role is, the pieces start coming together and more of what God, the universe, creation wants to be done. Like, we're we're all playing our role in it.
0: Yes. Yes. It's important that we all remember that we all, ca- we all here to create and be who we came to be. And sometimes we don't know who that is or, and that's because it's always changing if we allow it to change. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and I think when we don't allow ourselves to change, that's when the pain or the, the fear sets in and, and then we start to feel very, very uncomfortable in, instead of circling in that same, um, pain or uncomfort. And, and, and sometimes because of circling in it, it becomes more comfortable than the bridging out to jump off that edge, to really take mm, that chance. Yeah. You said in the book, you said the path from rapture to radiance is through connecting to that which is deepest inside of you, beyond your pain, past your grief, under your rage. And there's a point in the bark. The, we're talking about tapping into your turn on and, the, and we call it the, the erotic as power. Would you like to share a little bit about that
1: well this is something that I feel like I've barely scratched the surface on in terms of learning about what it is and and how it works. But so what I've been learning is that, you know, like the part of the most ancient part of our brain basically operate on fear and pleasure. And we we know our fear, right? Like we live in our fear and I think we've even let it give it kind of like a a corruption or a, I don't know what the right word is, but we don't even really know how to access true pleasure and true joy. We just kind of know how to do like the, kind of like the seven deadly sins version of it, right? Like we know greed and lust and that kind of stuff, but but we don't really know pure, unadulterated, joyous, like pleasure, love, right? Which is so super powerful. Right. And I think that, because it's so powerful you know institutions like the church have kind of tried to to almost like twist it right and it maybe it's a little bit of gaslighting even right like actually that's not something that you want that's actually something that's kind of bad that you should avoid or suppress or you know don't even go there right like right. Gonna, we're going to keep you afraid, we're going to keep you dependent so we can control the outcomes and everything. What's so, so this idea that, like, there's something in us that has to do with our connection to our deepest desires and impulses and feelings of pleasure, that that is actually a holy thing, I mean, this is a whole new world for me, <laughs> I'll be <laughs> honest. But it's been so compelling and so life-changing that I have, I'm like, I'm all in, right? And, right? and I'm trying to explore what it actually means and how it how it all actually works. Because what I found is that, and this gets, gets back to, you know, women and being able to love our bodies. Like, right. the church has played a huge role in kind of doubling down on what the patriarchy says, that, like, women's bodies are the locus of all shame and evil. And we have internalized that, right? I, like I just that, gulped. I, think, <laughs> I had <to> gulp. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, and, you know, I, I think our, like, it's in our DNA. Our mothers, mothers, mothers have lived through this, and it's all kind of, we're, so those of us who are alive on the planet right now, like, we're carrying <laughs> generations of like shame and self-hate and self-loathing. loathing, And I mean, this is not nice stuff that you talk about in polite company. So none of us are really saying, Hey, how are you dealing with your generation full of, of self-hate and self, self-loathing, right? Like we're just, but it's kind of an unspoken acknowledgement, right? I think there's yeah. up in ways mm-hmm. where, you know i think i talked about and one of the last shows that you know you just like catch your reflection in the mirror and you're like oh why why is that our automatic response to to the temple of god like to the dwelling place of our soul so i think i just went in a huge circle there but no it's you know <laughs> what you said
0: really it made a lot of sense to me because you know you're talking about the seven deadly sins which once processed through love become the seven virtues and yeah. when you're growing up, no one ever, t- I mean, it's not common knowledge about the seven virtues unless you're studying and you're, you know, in this, you know, you're questing when you're young. But I remember the seven deadly sins. I, I didn't right. find out about the their balanced counterpart through love, the seven virtues till later. Right. And so if we're only shown one part of the coin per se, right, the fear part, the the primal part, the They call it, uh, you know, your lower nature versus your highest good. If we're working from our lowest nature, that's our human cues. You know, those primal instincts, love and fear. We're trying to find um, a resting heartbeat or place to carry this body um, so it's in joy. And that doesn't mean joy in the way that we think about it. That just means a resting place where the body feels calm. Right. And um, when we work from our highest good, Really, that's where we're. I think that's where we're. What conversation is here? We're really learning to look at the the programming um, that came through. Not because people are. I, I I never like to point fingers at anyone, even though we have to point a reference where things are coming from. And it's like it's just time for something new. Um, the old yeah. part's not working. Um, we shouldn't be in fear. We should learn how to balance the seven deadly sins and the seven virtues, And it should be something that's taught in school to figure out what they are, because what they do is they just go back to the seven chakras. They just go back. Right. Everything is about our emotions, our feelings, our body, how we carry things in our cell, our structure. You're talking about generational healing, right? We carry these pains forward that are adapted through our caregivers and our houses when we grow up as every generation before. So it's not about shaming or blaming but it is about empowering. It's about empowering each other. And that's what I hear a lot in what you just said. Yeah. That's how we manifest our desires, right?
1: (laughs) It's how we are able to connect to, right, to connect to our desire and clear away all that's keeping it from, from coming into being. Yeah,
0: definitely. And when we look at, words right cuz we've been talking about words um off the air and on the air we it's really important that we remember to go figure out what that word means for us ourselves cuz depending on where we grew up or how it was taught through whatever religion or not you know desire could be you know a shameful thing versus mm-hmm. a joyous right so there's the negative and the positive um you know feminine right you talked about it in the book about why do we always have to flip it? And and I I agreed. I grew up with that same t- internal knowledge, right? I'm like, well, I don't have a problem saying God. It didn't I was thinking about this and when I was getting ready today. It's always been for me, it was always kind of both, but I still wasn't paying homage. And that's the part I was missing, right? Mm. Or I was giving homage to an extent through the trees and the earth and and the food I ate, and loving the wind and the water. But what about women? What about our bodies, right? What about us? We are the feminine. And this book that you've written is so empowering for each woman to pick up and go through each chapter and hand-walk yourself through a way to reconnect to yourself wherever you are in your journey. Right, Sarah? Uh,
1: thank you for that. I love that. That was my hope. That's my goal, and, and not only to connect to yourself, but you know, you quoted that kind of been my constant refrain, refrain for the last decade or so, that all of our relationships are connected, right? Our mm-hmm. relationships with ourselves, each other, God, all of creation, the whole cosmos, it's all connected, yes. and the deeper we move into love in one relationship, it infuses and affects all of our relationships. So, my hope is also that, um, that some way this book is not only a portal for each individual woman or person to come to a fuller sense of knowing themselves and loving themselves, but then also it's like something that connects. I mean, it brought you and me together. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that it'll bring other women together who are on this journey. Yes. Because as we talked about last week, I mean, I think that this the sense of community and sisterhood is really powerful, and that's another location where we get to come to know ourselves and God and to be doing this co-creating work of renewing the, the earth and the world. And for other women priests, we're renewing the church. Whom we so
0: desperately need. I, I just, I, again, you know... I learned about the Philadelphia 11. I had, Mm -hmm. I've seen that in the past, but, you know, reconnecting to their journey by looking it up from meeting you and, and having you on the show to talk about your book and, 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 and and knowing that you're there as this female Episcopalian priest and that you have a whole sisterhood with you. Every uh, female priest out there. I just want to tell you, thank you. Keep going and 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 be where you are and find new new places and new doors to open because what 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 you've done and what you've started and where you are is going to help uplift all of us other women um in so many sacred ways because you're right we do we do need to look to see ourselves in another right and, and there's a quote here mm-hmm. it says we are not supposed to do this alone chapter 11 open your heart fling your hopes high and set your dreams aloft I am here to hold your hand. That's Maya Angelou. Can you will you share a little bit about that and how you would work with your clients?
1: Well, when I when I it's so funny when I see or hear Maya Angelou now, I always see in my mind's eye I, like I see her with Oprah, like I see her with the women that she mentored, took under her wing, like completely like her relationship with Oprah I think totally transformed her and changed her DNA. Yeah. Like I think that was foundational to to Oprah becoming Oprah is because she had Maya Angelou in her life. And I'm sure up oh, she has other women too. Yes, yes. Um but to have someone say that to you, right? In a very like as a mother, as a sister, that I have discovered for myself and I'm so thankful is a huge part of my own calling is to say that to as many women as I possibly can. Like, I, that is why I am here. I am here for you to help you to find your joy and swing your desires into the universe and then walk with you as we create them together. And it's, it's, it's taken me a while to get here. I resisted it for a long mm-hmm. time because... It didn't seem like a normal priest thing to do, but it turns out it's exactly, I think, I believe, why I have been the work that I've been called to. So, yeah, I'm running courses. I'm offering retreats. I'm doing coaching. I, you know, women clergy specifically, but all women spiritual leaders, you guys are my people and I'm here for you.
0: Oh my goodness! So I
1: just, I am so thankful for the opportunity to 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 get this message out there a little bit more, um, and I'm so excited to see where it all goes.
0: I'm I'm so excited for you to get this message out there and to reach them too. I just have to read this sentence because it touched my heart. It says, uh, "I've I've got your back" is the name of this um this paragraph that I'm going to read. It says, "A few years ago, I stood up in a room of 100 plus Gen X and Millennial clergy and said." I need to know you will have my back. As the week-long conference was coming to a close, we were asked to name what it was we needed from one another as we went forward. And for any of you out there listening, after reading this book, I can tell you uh, many conversations with Sarah during our shows that she definitely will have your back. She's done the work. Um, She's created this amazing book. And she is offering her heart and opening up her heart her soul to help you find ways to love yourself more deeply, to dive into your body, to become that goddess embodiment of the female and to become Mm -hmm. the person you are meant to be. There's a quote she has in one of the last chapters, Becoming the Person You Are Meant to Be. It says, Nothing is more surprising than the new within ourselves by Paul Tillich. Sarah, I hope that you get to surprise a whole bunch of people
1: Oh, thank you, Kelly.
0: <laughs> you're very, very welcome. Thank you so much for sharing this divinity, this Trinity three-part series mm. on the art of feminine spiritual leadership. The Reverend Dr. Sarah schistler Goff, How to Be a Badass Priest and Create a Ministry You Love. Thank you so much, Sarah. Bless you on your journey, and it's been a pleasure. Thank
1: you so much. Thank you, Kelly. It's been a pleasure. Thank you're, you.
0: You're welcome. Okay, everybody. I'm so blessed again to share time and space with everyone who tuned in and late listening through podcasts. Thank you, Alternative Talk Radio 1150 KKNW, Marin Milano, Eric Greider, our producer and engineer, Don Avery, and Larry Mitchell. Oh, thank you so much for permission to share Rapidly Approaching Ecstasy in my shows. You can find their CD on Amazon or donavery.com. Remember, everyone, love wins when you choose love. And that's a circle. Love and Namaste, Kelly J. <laughs>
2: Sarah Schisler-Goff went from considering leaving the priesthood to co-creating her dream ministry not only once, but twice. In The Art of Feminine Leadership, you learn the tools to help guide you. Do you feel like you spend more time being a professional fixer than a spiritual leader? Are you struggling to rekindle the joy in your ministry? Do you feel called to do things differently, but are not sure what that means? Do you desire to step into your power, claim your strengths, and stop apologizing for having something world-changing to say? If so, then you have been called for exactly this moment. Just as the church is undergoing a great shift, so are you. It's time to become the leader you were born to be. Pick up your copy of The Art of Feminine Spiritual Leadership, Be a Badass Priest, and Create a Ministry You Love at Amazon.com.